latest in the Boba News podcast series. I'm your host, Kim Bremmer. In this ongoing Boba News Dairy Leaders series, we'll be featuring a group of dairy producers who truly go above and beyond in their area of expertise and who have become leaders in their own right. Today, we have Brian Fiscalini with us of Fiscalini Farmstead, fourth generation 1500 cow dairy farm located in Modesto, California. Welcome, Brian. Hi, Kim. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us today. So fourth generation on your farm. Can you tell us a little bit about the unique history of Fiscalini Farmstead? Sure. So our family immigrated to the United States from Switzerland in the late 1800s. Um, they settled along the central coast of California in a small town called Cambria. And then my great-grandfather, who was studying irrigation at the time at the college there in San Luis Obispo, um, moved up to Modesto because he heard about two new reservoirs that were being built that would supply water to the Modesto area, which at that time was a desert. So he was quite forward-thinking um, when he purchased about 100 acres in Modesto and began dairy farming with 12 cows in 1914. So your role on the dairy today is? My official title is that I'm the CEO of our family businesses, but uh, we're not super big on titles. Um, you can find me working out with the cows and with our veterinarian. Um, I've been the tractor sometimes helping out in the cheese plant. It's a team effort, as you can imagine, with uh, a dairy farm, a cheese operation, and a little bit over 30 employees you know, it's all hands on deck. Now we get to talk about my one of my favorite parts about your farm is your cheese. Uh, as a cheese head from Wisconsin, you're one of my favorite cheesemakers from California. Uh, and it's hard to to come across the Fiscalini name and not think about your award-winning cheese. In fact, Brian, I'm certain I have some in my fridge right now. But can you tell us a little bit about the decision that your dad made to start making cheese and where this portion of your business is today? Sure. And, and first of all, I will point out that I noticed you said one of our favorite cheesemakers from California. And I know that in Wisconsin, you've got to really save face there and, and throw that in there at the end. So I did pick up on it, but I, I totally get it. I've been to Wisconsin and I know how protective you are of your cheesemakers over there, which I love almost all of them and know some of them pretty well. So, um, yeah, answering the, the real question there is the, the way that my father decided to get into the cheese business is really, it's a really unique story. And it's a story that I love telling. Um, when he was a young boy, he asked his father, which was my grandfather, you know, where can we find the Fiscalini milk in the grocery store? And my grandfather, you know, looked down at this young boy and said, well, we sell our milk to Carnation, who makes evaporated milk. So let me take you over to the aisle where the Carnation milk is. And some of it could be in this can, some of it could be in that can. And I think from a very young age, my father had decided that at some point in his life, he wanted to be able to tell myself and my sisters exactly where the Fiscalini milk was on the grocery store shelf. So that was really his motivation behind getting into the cheese business was he wanted to share the pride that goes into every gallon of milk that we produce. And he wanted to be able to tell people exactly where it was. 
So that quite simply is, is why we got into the cheese business. We were following um, his dream that he had from a, a being a young boy. And that's really, you know, a lot of the reason why we continue to do what we're doing now with our cheese business is that we want, we want to keep the product on the farm until it's ready to go to market. And we want to continue to have that pride of ownership. And we want our employees when they're out in the community to be proud. And when they see the cheese on the grocery store shelf, they know exactly where it came from and they know that they played a role in getting it to that store. Can you talk to us a little bit about your sustainability efforts, both for the farm and for your cheese company? This really has been an important pillar to your business as you've grown. Yeah. Um, the word sustainability has so many meanings to, to so many different people. For me, it's, it's very simple. Sustainability means, you know, keeping it going. And um, we're keeping the farm going. We're keeping our cheese business going. Um, and so I think that dairy farmers have been doing, you know, very, very sustainable things for so many years. And up until recently, we haven't really focused on sharing some of the sustainable practices that we do. I mean, just take, <clears throat> take cow manure for an example. You know, most people hear that word and they think, oh, that's that smelly stuff. Well, you know, we've been doing, you know, for over 60 years on our farm, we've been using the byproduct from our cows, using it as fertilizer, and then the water that's involved in that process, reusing that for irrigation. So that's just one small, small piece of, of the sustainable story. But this is something that all dairy farmers are doing across the country. And, you know, I think that people think that dairy farmers have only thought about sustainability in the last few years. I mean, these are practices that my grandfather was doing. So I think it's important to remember that dairy farmers are very sustainable. And then the one thing that people forget about is just look at the cow. I mean, think about how sustainable the cow herself is. So we feed our cows a variety of byproducts. They convert those byproducts into healthy milk. And then we take the byproduct from that process, which is cow manure. And I just explained one thing we do with it. But on our farm, we also um, utilize the waste in a methane digester before we use it as fertilizer and before we use it as irrigation water. And we convert that methane gas through our digester into renewable energy. So there's a variety of ways that farmers are doing extremely sustainable things. Uh, that's just an example of what we're doing on our farm. But I know farmers that, that don't have methane digesters that are doing other very sustainable practices when it comes to water recycling, you know, when it comes to other uses for cow manure, or when it comes to like with our cheese business, keeping the product on the farm and processing it here before it goes to the market. What percentage of your milk do you make into cheese? Is it all of it? No. So uh, currently we're using 20% of the milk that's produced on our farm uh, to go into our own cheese making. By the end of this year, we expect that to be 30%. And we're hoping to grow at a, a fairly steady rate, but a responsible rate as well. So we can you know, continue to manage it 
um, the way that we intend to. But our cheese business is growing. It's an exciting part of our business. Um, our goal is to utilize 100% of the milk that is uh, made on our farm into cheese or other dairy products in the future. Can you talk to us a little bit about the water challenges in California, just to give a little perspective? I think dairy producers in other parts of the, of the country uh, don't have the same challenges with water that you do. And are you making any progress in a positive path? Giving me the hard questions. Uh, uh-huh. You know, in California, we have, we're the largest state by population in the country. So we have a lot of competition for our resources and not much different than than the rest of the country. A very, very small percentage of the people that are farming make up the entire population. So we may not be very strong in numbers, but our voice is loud. And uh, you better believe that we are trying as hard as we can to protect uh, the precious resource that is water in the state of California. So um, yeah, there's politics involved. You know, it's not different than anywhere else. But I think that what we're trying to do on our farms is we're trying to show that we're reducing water in other ways. But, you know, in order to grow a corn crop or in order to grow a wheat crop, there is no secret that it does take water. And I think as long as we're adding up the entire equation, right? And as long as we're adding up not only the water that we're using, but then also the products that are being produced from that entire process, I think that we can tell a very compelling, a very honest, and a very sustainable story. Well said. Now, switching gears, before you came back to the farm, you went and worked for Fair Oaks Dairy, uh, Dairy Farms. What did you learn from that experience that you were able to bring back to Fiscalini Farmstead? I had a great time when I was working, you know, in Fair Oaks. I was working in northern Indiana and central Wisconsin. I spent about a year there going back and forth between a few different dairy sites. And uh, Dr. Gordy Jones and Dr. Tom Saracy are, are still two people that I hold in extremely high regard as, you know, two of my most influential mentors Really, what I weren't, what I learned from um, both of them and the entire team at Fair Oaks was just how to be efficient. And they run very efficient operations, but they also run those operations efficiently while staying true to to what they believe in. You know, and and what they believe in is creating a very healthy product, um, having a very healthy herd of cows and farming in a manner that that we'll be able to sustain for future generations. Now, you've done a tremendous job telling your farm story, supporting your community, connecting the consumer to your farm. If you could give a piece of key advice to other dairy farmers out there, uh, what would it be in this arena? I, I feel very honored when you ans- ask that question because I, I still feel like there's a lot more that we can do to connect our community uh, to our farm and and really continue to get the story out, even in our local community. But um, any advice that I would give to other farmers that are looking to try to connect in a deeper way with their neighbors, with their surrounding cities or schools is just to 
to be be yourself. I mean, we we live in these communities, right? We practice our faith in these communities. We send our kids to the schools in these communities. And, you know, our kids are on the baseball team with potentially the mayor of the city or, um, you know, people that are making decisions in our communities. So I just say, be yourself. And it, when you tell people what we do and, and how hard we work, they really respect the trade that we're in. Um, and dairy farmers and farmers in general still continue to score extremely high, you know, on the integrity and the honesty, you know, scales when, when they do focus groups. People believe farmers because we're out there working, tending to our animals, uh, taking care of our land. And I, I just think that if you invite people out to your farm, you know, hold a day where you can control the conversation where you can control where people go on your farm, um, bring them out, show them what you do. And when, when I say control, I don't mean that there's areas you don't want to show them, but if you have 50 people out on your farm and you've never had that before, you might want to think about keeping people safe and making sure that while you're on a working farm, they're able to see, you know, the really cool spots of a farm. They want to see baby calves. They want to see your milking parlor. Um, they want to see that there's other people that are working hard to take care of, of your operation. What's been some of your favorite events to do at the farm, your favorite outreach? We've done quite a few. Um, a lot of them are trade-related. So we have the World Ag Expo out here every year in Tulare, which is about two hours away from, from our farm. So we usually get a couple busloads of uh, international guests that like to come out and see a California farm. Um, we do things with the University of Minnesota, uh, University of Madison, Cal Poly, uh, Cornell, uh, have students out to see our farm. So, you know, it, it's fun to have industry people. But what I really, really enjoy is when I get a group of people that have never been on a farm before, uh, that have never seen a dairy. Because you can really you can really change their their way of thinking and not in a in a manipulative way right we're not trying to change people's views we're just trying to show them what we do and maybe what they thought before they came to the farm wasn't exactly what happens on a farm so um i really like having people whose first time seeing a dairy and seeing a cow i love having them come out and sometimes you get some you know, elementary questions, but you have to remember that if these people weren't born into a dairy business and, and done all the jobs that, that some of us have done, those questions are, are from their heart. They just truly don't know and, and they're interested and they want to know. So thinking about the Fiscalini Farmstead in the future, what do you see? Any foreseeable business exploration in the future? There is. Um, there's a couple things that we're that we're working on at the moment. Um, we've got a, we're, I should say, we're entertaining the idea of robotic milking um, and using robots to uh, harvest milk from the cows. We're also looking, you know, when it comes to sustainability, as to how we can apply our nutrients in a more precise manner uh, across our fields. And we're, you know, we're constantly looking at ways that we can do more with less, right? And um, 
we've got an incredible staff here, some, some people that have been in our business for a long time, and we want to continue to utilize their skills. But then we also want to look at how technology can help us, you know, do a better job while staying true to, you know, the cow is still the cow. She still needs to be fed every day. She still needs to be taken care of. Um, and, and I don't think that's ever going to change, which honestly, I wouldn't want it to. So as we wrap up our podcast today, my last question for you would be for people out there that are listening that want to try new cheese, what would be your favorite Viscalini cheese? So, you know, by far, anytime anybody asks me this question, the answer is San Joaquin Gold. So that is my favorite cheese. It was the first cheese that we ever made um, at the moment. Apparently, I'm not alone in that San Joaquin Gold is my favorite cheese because we are running a little bit low on our inventory and we're trying to build that back up. So if you cannot find our San Joaquin Gold in the short term, our Old World Cheddar and our Leonza are also dynamite cheeses. And if you're feel, feeling wild and crazy, mix all three of those into our grown-up mac and cheese recipe. Share it with your friends and family, and I promise you it will not disappoint. I can echo that. Uh, those are some of the most delicious cheeses that anyone could ever try. It's definitely worth it. Where can people go to follow along, learn more about you? So, you know, we're on all of the, the major social media platforms, uh, Facebook, Instagram, follow us, connect with us, see what we're doing. Um, I'm pretty to get a, I'm pretty easy to get a hold of as well. So um, if there are people that are interested or in our area that want to come out and see the farm, you know, give us a call, reach out to me, and I'd be happy to show you what we do. Excellent. And I'll be going to FiscalliniFarmstead.com to be ordering some San Joaquin gold cheese since you just gave us the tip that it's running a little low. Thank you, Brian, for taking the time with us today. We appreciate it. We appreciate all that you do uh, and continue to do and how well you represent the dairy industry and in doing what you do. This wraps up our Bova News podcast for today. If you like what you heard, be sure to follow Bova News on your favorite podcast subscription service. And while you're at it, go ahead and follow us on the various social media platforms and subscribe to our YouTube page. Be sure to check out our website, bovanews.com, for more information and alerts to upcoming podcasts and webinars. And this has been your host, Kim Bremer. And from everyone at Bova News, have a great day. 